0: Welcome, mercenaries! The video begins in ten seconds. You are not prepared for the amazing content you're about to watch from the Vogue podcast team. Now, sit down and try to relax for once. Mission begins in five, four, three, two, one. Begin!
1: Yep, yep, we yes. hear you loud and clear. Yep.
0: So, hi, hi, gentlemen. <laughs> Hello. Um, Hello, hi. This, this is my husband's computer. Right. And, uh, you know, he has a very fancy microphone and very fancy headphones,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and there goes the phone. Let me check <laughs> <that out.
2: laughs> Okay. All right. OK, no problem. Um,
0: which he both had plugged in. <sighs> Now, I'm sure if I knew how to use those, the sound would be better, but I don't know how to use them. So I just unplugged everything. Okay. (laughs) It's just me and the Mac, you know.
1: The Mac, okay. Well, you you did something good. You did something right. So I think we're good to go. Start unplugging (laughs) stuff and putting them back together. That's how it really works.
2: Yep. As long as you can hear us, it's fine. Yes,
0: yeah. I can hear you. And I'm I'm sorry I'm late, guys. I'm just oh, you know, okay. no connecting in. I'm just No problem. Uh, you know, I'm old.
1: Oh, don't <laughs> even think about it. No, don't even think about it. Nope.
2: You're not old at all. Oh. <laughs> well,
1: I mean I think you're just getting younger. You. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, right. so now I knew I knew I'd be talking to uh, Ronald, mm-hmm. but uh, yes. I I don't know who you are, Sam.
1: Yeah, I'll uh, introduce myself. Um, my name's Sam. Um, I'm a big fan of, of yours, and uh, you know the Valve Valve uh, realm of games and everything. And uh, I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a voice actor, a music producer, and a writer. And um, I, uh, I love voice acting and music and um, you know talking with you today it's uh, really gives me a chance to uh, you know um, I'm just really excited to be talking to you with you because I'm a big fan of yours for uh, all your work and everything. so it's a, it's a big pleasure for me.
0: So I'm here in Seattle. Uh, Ronald, where are you?
2: Well, I'm in Slovakia. It's in Slovakia.
0: Europe. Yes. Wonderful. yes. So it's uh, What time? What time of day is it for you? I get confused.
1: It's eight p.m.
0: Okay, or a little <laughs> bit after eight p.m.
1: <laughs> About nine. Well, uh, it's still,
0: hours. Of it's still my morning. And uh, quite early. So, Sam, where are you?
1: I am in Savannah, Georgia. Um,
0: oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm so south. you yeah. are Eastern time.
1: Right, right. Yeah, Eastern okay. time. Yeah, so yeah.
0: You're, so you're you're mid afternoon.
1: Yeah, it's about uh about two p.m. after a little yeah. bit after two p.m. Yeah, Jewish. so I'm, yeah, I'm okay, probably. Well, about.
0: it's a it's eleven ish a.m. here, so. Ah. Okay. I, I actually, I usually get up early, but this morning, um, I don't know, it's very quiet. It's very foggy here in Seattle, oh. and I think the fog, you know, quiets everything down. So I, <laughs> I slept till 10 o'clock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to well, worry seems, about. It seems like that in Seattle, it seems pretty, uh, pretty cloudy and rainy, as, as I've heard from Seattle.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, my husband, John Patrick Lowry.
1: Good man, good man. And
0: I, he is a good man. And, <laughs> of course um, he is. We've, uh, we've lived here for 31 years. And, and oh, uh, here's, wow. here's actually, I'll show oh, you all. Nice. Oh, wow. So, you know, uh, we're both theater actors. Right. And yeah. that, that painting was done for a play that John did about Joseph Pulitzer. And uh, I'm not sure that you all are aware, but around the turn of the century, uh, in the United States, Joseph Pulitzer was a very famous newspaper man. He was an immigrant from Hungary.
2: Hungary. And you
0: know, pulled himself up by his bootstraps, as they say, and had a very well-read newspaper, and you may also know the, you know, uh, about Pulitzer Prizes, and Pulitzer Prizes are given here in this country for, uh, news coverage, and they're also given in the arts for, uh, drama, uh, etc., so plays. So, you know, right now I'm rehearsing with a young woman Uh, on a play by Marcia Norman called Night Mother. Uh, My my acting partner is a wonderful young actress named Sheila Houlihan. And uh, Night Mother is by Marcia Norman and it won the Pulitzer Prize, I believe, for 1984. So this is a prize that's given every year for drama, but also uh, my local newspaper, Uh, uh, has won, I think, 10 Pulitzer Prizes. But so John was in a play where he played Joseph Pulitzer and that painting was actually painted on a, a mesh so that John could stand behind it and when the lights changed, when the lights came up behind the portrait, John came to life. <laughs> so, of course, when the, play, when the play closed, nobody wanted that portrait except me. I wasn't in the play, but I wanted that portrait. So, you know, we lugged it home. And yeah. uh, I you know, put some <laughs> opaque fabric behind it. So... There, there he is, there's John Patrick Lowry. But that's it's such true. a powerful
1: picture. That's such a powerful portrait, you know, like I, I feel the energy coming yeah. up, you know, it's just so powerful.
0: Well, it was, it was painted by um, the woman who is the uh, lead scene painter at, a vil- at, at the Village Theater, which is a theater here just out of Seattle where john and i have worked many times many times we've done between the two of us we've probably done 25 different shows there but this was you know one show that he yeah. did uh back in the aughts as i like to say the in, aughts. The 2000s, in the that aughts, decade, the <laughs> aughts. <laughs> so ronald your english is fabulous
1: very good, very good. I'm also very impressed. when did you
0: start studying English, Ronald?
2: Well, about nine years ago. Um, most of my English is from games, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy. I actually started playing games. They help a lot in English, of course, and the cake recipe, of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you know all about cake. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know more.
0: <laughs> well, I actually, uh, I actually know how to bake.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I know. I have seen a video of you. <laughs>
0: oh, that one. Yes. Well, that was for a movie called Winning Dad. Winning Dad. Yes, yes, and, definitely. Uh, yeah. I'm, very, I'm very proud of that film and we made that film locally Uh, Arthur Allen, who wrote and directed the film, uh, lives in Europe now, and uh, he's married to a European, and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a Frenchman, actually, I think, and uh, my, uh, two of my nephews also worked on the film, and actually my nephews, Mario and Alessandro, uh, who who were both born in Italy, uh, they keep up with Arthur. So they know what Arthur is doing. I I am not as well connected anymore because Arthur and Ollie and Mario and I all worked on that film in 2013.
1: Right. Right. So we don't know if there's any... um if there's gonna be a Winning Dad too anytime soon, or perhaps a sequel, or, or any, anything from, from him?
0: I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, after, after we made the film, uh, Mario uh, got Arthur and Alessandro and uh, Julia Brooke, who was the cinematographer, mm-hmm. to go with him to Italy And they created a music video uh, in support of, uh, uh, you know, wedding, uh, marriage marriage uh, equality in Mm -hmm. Italy. So, you know, anybody can marry, love is love. Anybody can marry anybody. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so they've, you know, they've stayed in contact. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm so proud of myself that i brought that group of young people together yeah who you know who have become such good friends and uh have have created other works Mm -hmm. so i'm and i you know i love my nephews mario and alessandro and they're they're so they're good to me they're
1: good they're good (laughs) they're they're fellow artists i I feel like you have a a, uh, a family of artists
0: well, it's uh, uh, so Alessandro's mother and uh, Mario's stepmother, my sister Rebecca McLean, uh, was a professional dancer, and uh, she danced with Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania Ballet. She danced with Ballet Clásico de México. She danced with Project in München (laughs) and uh, she danced with Maryland Dance Theater and she danced with North Carolina Dance Theater and uh, she had a dance studio in Vicenza, Italy for 16 years. Oh my god. uh, So she is you know she is an artist and uh, you know it was so funny my mother was a social worker my mother was a psychiatric social worker and you know she always kind of kicked herself she's you know she's been deceased for many years but she'd always kick herself and she'd say to to my sisters and me you know i expected you to become you know doctors and lawyers etc and i said mom how could we have done that when and we were always singing and dancing and acting as children <laughs> so her plans her plans were foiled yeah yes
2: how exactly did you get in voice acting if i can ask
0: well uh it it it's really because of my husband uh you know i was before i met john uh you know i was singing and dancing and acting Mm-hmm. Theater and opera. And uh, in 2002, um, you know, I was no longer an ingenue You know that term ingenue in theater? It means the, you know, the beautiful young romantic girl. Well, in 2002 I was well past that. <laughs> but but I was sort of in an interim period. I wasn't quite, you know, now I'm a character woman. In theater, you know, my my designation is I'm a character woman. But in 2002 I was kind of betwixt and between. And my husband who had been doing voice work for a long time said, "Oh, Ellen, finally, finally, will you get a voice demo? And I said, oh, all right. So I went to a wonderful couple in the area, Mm -hmm. Veronica Weichel and her husband, Steve, and uh, they created a voice demo for me. And of course, a voice demo is only about a minute of material. You know, I took some things because I had been doing radio drama So I did have uh, some recordings of my voice that were, you know, uh, not related to theater. And we crafted a voice demo. And uh, I was very lucky. Here's, Here's a little bit of nepotism. I submitted my voice demo to my husband's agent, Jamie Lopez at the actors group and Jamie had a need for female voices at that point, so he took me on. And uh, one of my first uh, voice gigs was for hun- the Honeywell Corporation, and I am the vo- part of the voice alert system for the runway system, which is in over 90% of the commercial airports in the world, because the international language of flying is English. And so all pilots have to know a certain amount of English. So when the airplane gets a certain distance from an airport, uh, my voice comes on automatically saying, you know, what the distance from the airport, what the, uh, you know, what their elevation is, you know, whether they need to go right, go left, and uh, one of the nicknames for my voice alert system is Bitchin' Betty. <laughs> And, oh and, I'm, and I'm that voice, and that was one of my first voice gigs after I submitted, you know, my voice demo to my agent. That's what so, my
1: grandfather calls GPS systems nowadays.
0: Uh, you
1: know? <laughs> he still does it, but it's really funny to me. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, but, um, it's, it's a wonderful system that, wow. you know, happens automatically and uh, so pilots have they do have a choice they can listen to a male voice or a female voice but but one of the choices is my voice and i'm the voice alert for the honeywell runway alert system which That's is
1: very fascinating
0: well it, it, it is so you know, um Every time John and I fly, which of course we haven't flown, the last time we flew was in January because everything shut down. Yeah. But, you know, John says, Well, if anything goes wrong on this flight, Ellen, it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're in charge. That's right. I'm in charge.
1: You don't know. You're in charge of it. So, this, you recorded that back in, uh, was that around you made your, um, around the time you made your demos? Um, back that was
0: probably like 0304.
1: 0304. And um, just, just so I get this right, was it just for that airport or just, uh, you said around the world?
0: No, so it's, it's a system. Been... It's a system that uh, is used in over 90% of the commercial airports in the world.
1: Right. So you're everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, gl- Glados has been implemented like way before Portal One. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, that's that's so fascinating. I don't think many people know that. Like, n- not only you no. know, are are you so well known in, in um in Portal and uh, most of the Valve games? You're you're mm-hmm. more than not, you know. People hear you without even knowing it. Yes. Yeah, so you're every wow. That's really fascinating. It's like I don't think I don't think many people in the the Valve community knows that. So that's a very interesting um, tidbit there. But um, well,
0: it's the it's the Honeywell Runway Honeywell. Alert System, and I am the uh, uh, what did I say? Uh, I knew what it was. Uh, uh, Oh, now I can't remember, but the some, the something voice. I'm the alert voice or the the something. alert
1: voice, right, right? Right. The alert voice. Oh. Yes. That's really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's really, <laughs> yes, it's really, it it's really cool to know that that um, Glados is real in ninety and ninety percent of our commercial airline <laughs> systems, which is which is really it's, it's really good to hear. Um, it makes me very excited to go to airports now. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> to hear your voice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's funny, but only once, only on one flight. And we, you know, we've, John and I fly a lot. Um Only once, you know, we were, and we usually sit in the back of the plane, you know, in the, in the cheap seats. Right. In fact, I think we always sit in the cheap seats.
1: So, so do we, uh, so.
0: <laughs> so. You know, slowly 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 working up to the front of the plane to deplane and the pilot was there at one and it was just taking a while and so John said to the pilot you know you don't you don't know this but but this woman uh, is the voice for the runway alert system and he his face lit up and I and I said some of the things I said descend Descends now. <laughs> and went, oh my God. Oh my gosh. It's her.
2: <laughs> that is so nice.
0: But John has only done that once because I say, Johnny, don't, don't, please don't. No. Yeah.
2: Don't, <laughs> do
1: don't, don't. don't do that. Don't do
2: that.
1: Well. Is, well, this. wow! It, it seems as almost as if you know, like you, you sound more like maybe Overwatch from Half-Life Two in that sense because you don't have all the Glados effects on it, right?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It would be interesting well, if there was like a Glados kind of effect that they could put on the Honeywell system. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think,
0: I think that would be too scary.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be kind of you scary. know. There's
0: a, somebody. Somebody did a video, and it's a fake. Siri ad and uh right. you know Siri is the is the Apple voice. Yes, yes. yes.
2: Right, right. And uh,
0: somebody did a fake Siri ad and and I haven't seen it in a long time but it's such a funny ad <laughs> because you know it's somebody talking to their iPhone and saying you know Siri uh is there a donut shop near and then of course Glado says Something like yes, there's one right around the corner. But do you think you really need that extra ten pounds? <laughs> so, you know things Jesus. like that.
1: Well, that's that's beautiful. That's so beautiful.
2: In fact, um, you will be here forever if you um, look at that from that perspective, because uh, your voice will stay on Earth forever, even. When you pass, unfortunately, I don't want that to happen. <laughs>
0: well, uh, you know, John. John at my funeral. John's going to play "Still Alive." <laughs> that's that's sad. <sighs> that,
1: that made me tear up a little bit instantly.
0: <laughs> I think no. I think that's uh, you will be appropriate.
2: Well, it will be just a bit sad to think about.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I think yeah, we, we all believe that you will continue to live a very long life. And, uh, of course, well, yes.
0: You know, we, we hope, but uh, no one lasts forever. Of course, of course. And, of course. Uh, you know, I teach for, for many, many years. I've, I have taught since 1987. And I have so many voice students and so many acting students. And uh, on Friday, I'm teaching a voiceover workshop with an after-school program. So the kids are, you know, junior high school, high school. And I'm going to be teaching 25 kids about, you know, voiceover and setting up their own home studio. And mm-hmm. so so I'm... Uh, I'm proselytizing to the masses. And I'm, and I'm very proud to say that many of my students over the last, you know, 87, 97, 07. So I've, you know, I'm t- teaching going on 40 years now. Wow. Uh, many of my students have become professional performers. So I'm, I'm very proud of that because you see what a teacher wants a teacher wants their students to uh, leap ahead, to go even further, to, to, you know, uh, know more than I do. That's pretty easy because I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I know about singing, but other than that, I don't know much.
1: Do you teach demos by chance? Um, uh, no,
0: I out? don't, but there, there are uh, There is a Seattle Voice Academy is a place here in Seattle. And uh, so my students here, I recommend Seattle Voice Academy for putting together demos. Now, I can talk about it and I've given a lot of people feedback on their demos. But John and I aren't set up to do the production ourselves. You know, we're not set up to do that. Right. Right.
1: Right. I've heard um, that, you know, making professional demos, you have to, like, go to a studio to make that happen. I've I've heard from some people that it's it's not recommended to make a demo at your house, like, with professional equipment, like, with studios and everything like that. But, um, like, for me, and I'm sure for Ronald as well, like, you know, for the demos that, uh, like, we have planned, like, we would, like, plan making a home first, kind of just practice kind of the demo making process, you know?
0: well i i think you learn a lot by doing that yeah uh and you know no no knowledge is unhelpful and you never know when it's going to come in handy but i but i think uh what a lot of people may not realize i think you sam and you ronald probably know this but a voice demo really Shouldn't be any longer than a minute. Uh, John and I actually both have two demos. Um, you know, we have one for voice work for commercials for you know video games mm-hmm. that kind of thing, right. and then we have another one which is for narration, which you know has more scientific terms in it and and is a little bit different quality, and uh, it's not any longer, but it. Uh, has different material on it. But I think what people don't realize about a demo is that you just need little snippets, you know, little snippets of as many different voices as you have or dialects. Mm -hmm. You know, for an American actor, uh, it's important to have dialects. Now, In theater, you know, one dialect that I have because I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, is I I have an authentic Tennessee accent, which is very easy for me to fall into. And in theater here in Seattle, I have done a lot of Southern plays because I go in and I've got that, I've got the dialect.
1: You do. So, you got that southern accent. I, I I automatically detected that. Living here in the south, like it's it's very uh, kind of <laughs> it's it's very noticeable to me. <laughs> so. Well,
0: but, but you see what people don't realize. Um, I did a production of uh, Steel Magnolias. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, in the aughts, and uh, yeah. Steel Magnolias <laughs> is set in northern Louisiana. Well, that's a very specific dialect and yes. and I worked on it so it wasn't exactly my southern accent. Uh, but I had to work on it. Now, when you interview John, one of the fun things that he does is he will take a tour of the southeastern United States by dialects. yeah. And and what is so fun for me is he does my father's North Carolina dialect, 2A T. And of course, you know, all, all our parents are dead because we're so old. But, you know, Johnny will do my daddy. And it's like, oh, that sounds just like my daddy. So, you know, that's fun. And he will and John will travel through the South.
1: It's dedication. Yeah, dedication. <laughs> I could really admire that. Yeah. Well, I love, I love the, I love the southern dialects. You know, living here, I, I've grown to love it recently, especially in North Carolina. one, like you mentioned, like my mom was from North Carolina, so I, I can really, I really like the North Carolina ones as well. But, um, but yeah. Um, but you don't,
0: me, you don't have an accent. Have you had to work through that, Sam?
1: Well, uh, you see, my mom was from uh, North Carolina and my dad is from Kansas. So we have Southern accent and we have a Middle Eastern or Middle Eastern, Midwest accent, um, from the U.S. So I kinda got my accent from my dad's side, you know? So I, that's, that's why I have the accent I have now, but sometimes I'll find myself, you know, going in between, um, (laughs) but, um.
0: Yes, I heard that, I heard that. Yeah, yeah,
1: sometimes I'll, I'll switch between accents you know, every now and then, like, you know, whatever, whatever situation suits, suits the best dialect, All right, it just so happens. So,
0: Ron- Ronald, you, you must also be aware, you see, for, for me, I hear your, uh, Slovakian, I assume it's a Slovakian accent, in, accented English, As I said, your English is excellent, but, you know, you don't sound like an American or an Australian or a Brit or, you know, a South African, you know, many places around the world that speak English, but are you aware of different dialects even in your own country?
2: Um, well, in Slovakia, no one speaks nice English. Everyone is just like a Slovakian accent. Um, it's typical Slovak English.
0: <laughs> but you know um, what I would like to hear. So, so uh, is is your language? Uh, what is it? Is it Czech? Is that your language?
2: No, we have an official language, Slovakian. Okay. Um, It's kind of close to Czech, but it has some minor changes to it.
0: So if if someone were speaking Czech to you, would you be able to understand them?
2: Um, Yes, certainly.
0: So but can you but can you hear differences from different localities in your in Slovakia, in your country?
2: Um, yes, certainly. Um, as uh, the eastern, the eastern part of Slovakia is um, closer to Ukraine, um, the accent changes a lot. Actually, um, I'm more close to Hungary, so my accent kind of uh, switches um, when I speak Slovakian. But I speak Hungarian as well. So, um,
0: yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, uh, now how do you and Sam know each other? How did you meet? Did you meet online playing a game?
1: Well, um, yeah, so Ronald and I met, uh, through, um, the, the Valve fan community. Um, we're, uh, you know, since we're both voice actors, we, uh, a friend of mine, um, got me in contact with Ronald here and, uh, just started talking about voice acting and um just you know talking about uh um just uh, some of the the fan uh, kind of work we're doing in the the uh, what they call the modding scene and the modding scene is yeah. like um you probably heard of the modding scene yeah um just kind of uh you know just the work that we're doing in the modding um arena and uh we're uh we do uh voice acting for these mods that's kind of how we're starting out um yes, you know, yes in the voice acting arena so yeah, so we're doing doing there. But uh that's great. Yeah.
0: That is great. I you know what I love, what I tell, you know, what I tell my nephews, what I tell my young, my young students is they are citizens of the world. Right, right. Citizens mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah, they As are. You right. all are citizens of the world. Yes. And I, you know, I think the gaming community is, is uh, uh, building that, you know, you, you can make friends everywhere
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. and, you yeah. know, you can't have too many friends.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's circles. correct.
2: <laughs> 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 Certainly. Okay, so can we get to the juicy part, Ellen?
1: Yeah, let's, let's get into some of the questions about uh, some of the work that you've done, um, also specifically in, uh, in Valve games. Now, this is kind of, this, is, this isn't really well-known, um, but you did a uh, voice act uh, in Left 4 Dead. Um, there was a part where you played as a crying zombie witch woman, I don't, I know, I understand that you might not remember much from that, um, that's what I um, found out recently, but um, is there, is there any, like, tidbit of memory that you have from playing the witch in Left for Dead?
0: Well, here's the thing, um, y- you know, the part, the part of the recording for Left for Dead that I remember is that, uh, you know, usually you go into the studio by yourself, because that's the best use of time. And, you know, you just have your lines and you say all your lines and you do it. But the only time that I went into the studio with another actor for a Valve game was Left for Dead. Because John and I went in together and we played the bickering married couple. Right. Because okay. the Valve <laughs> folks thought that would be funny to
1: that have John and me.
0: So, so John and I were there and improvising. We were, you know, and John is a wonderful improvisatory actor. I'm not. But with John's lead, you know, we improvised a, a, a bickering session where John wants to help the player. And I'm saying, no, 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 there's zombies there. No, we're not going there, you know, that kind of thing. And I had totally forgotten that they wanted me to do a bunch of screams. And I thought, oh, God, who knows why, you know. But uh, with, you know, prodding of my memory, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, I remember just screaming. So, uh, you know, they just said, oh, Ellen, do some screams. (laughs) And I did.
1: (laughs) So they didn't actually. really tell you specifically what you were screaming for they didn't tell you like you know what the role was that you know oh
0: no um,
1: okay. i'm so not i'm
0: not sure they knew they probably knew but they didn't tell me yeah, yeah. and it's like okay i can scream
1: yeah mm-hmm. and some crying as well but the, i think the crying i don't think the crying was you actually i think the crying, because I've heard that that same sound from The Witch and Left for Dead and other media. So I don't think that was you. I think that was probably like a like a repository sound bite that sound designers use. So I think, yeah, you I, don't, I
0: don't know. I, yeah. I will tell you guys the the real mystery to me is the movie Warcraft, which I receive residuals for, and I have no memory. Whoa. of recording for that so my, oh my, only, my only thought for that is that I had done some recordings for Valve and Valve allowed the producers for Warcraft to use them but you know crediting me and I get money from it not much but some <laughs> yeah.
1: that's the world of Warcraft movie I'm not mistaken right I, th- I think that's
0: yes a- and I've never recently. seen it I've never seen the Me either. movie.
1: either. Yeah, I don't think Ronald has either.
0: And no, I have I no idea yeah. what I did for it. I think I'm going to watch Warcraft. There's a, there's a mystery.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I think I'll check that out. I think I've been meaning to do that anyway. But that's that's really interesting.
0: <laughs> well, and then and then you know, write us, write John on Facebook, and, sure. and let us know. Oh.
1: Found your part in Warcraft. You were doing some <laughs> screams in the background of, of the movie.
0: Oh, probably, probably more screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, maybe. I, I will check. We'll check that out. I, I, I'll. I, I know. I'll, I'll watch it. But I'm sure Ronald and I will. will check that out and watch that together. On a... Yes, certainly.
2: Um, so you were playing as Amanda Slaughter, the the wife of the. I don't even know how to call him uh, the radio both thingy. You know what we are talking about? Well, actually, um, your recording sessions never made it into the game. Um, yeah, so actually, you are not there. Only John.
0: Oh, I think I think I'm there in the background, aren't I?
2: No, you're. As you're as you're not.
0: As the bickering married couple, I think you can hear like a couple little things from me.
2: No, you know, you're John, not there. You
0: know, John is um, uh, the, the voice on
2: the radio. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But and, I, uh,
0: I... I uh, I, mean, listen, you probably know better than I, but I thought I had a couple little interjections. You
2: know, well, sort of I thought so too.
0: Background.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I just heard out today all of the boat lines and nothing, only John, nothing else.
0: Well, I was you a bit go. surprised. Well the nice thing is is I got paid anyway.
1: Yeah, that's that's what matters, huh? Yeah, that's we probably in the files somewhere. We probably had the data mind that, but we'll we'll do that later. But um
0: Maybe they maybe say they sold those lines to World of Warcraft.
1: Maybe. Maybe Amanda Slater is in Warcraft. That's a good maybe. idea. Oh my god. <laughs> Hey, look, I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll message, I'll uh, I'll send the John on Facebook uh, if we find it, if we find a man Slater, and then I'm sure he'll let you know because we need to find that. We need to find it. That's that's priority yeah. right there. Um, well, I was going to ask you if there is if if you knew about any inspirations of the concept for the witch. Mm-hmm. But they just yeah, asked I about. Think, um, they, they, I yeah, I think they we just should ask that about <laughs> uh, you know, just a, just a scream. So that's all, you, yeah. that's all you really knew about yeah. it, so...
2: Yes. Okay, um, so we skipped the left-footed questions. Um, let's go to the Portal, actually. Okay. Um, go ahead, Sam.
1: Um, yeah, so I remember... Uh, I was I was a kid in middle school, right? Um, I remember, like, playing Portal a lot. And I remember there was, you know, the, the final battle of Portal 1 that you might remember um, it, it was a very emotional and gratifying uh, uh like scene so i want to ask you how did you channel um that emotion into gLaDOS uh with through your delivery in that scene like what what pre- what did, uh, what, pre- what preparations did you do to put yourself in that kind of uh that that mindset of, of, of GLaDOS's real pain and suffering it's pretty 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 packed question but uh
0: no, no, it's a very good question. Um, I think that emotion, the palette, like an artist's palette, the palette of emotion is, is you know, what actors use. You know, it's, it's how we color different characters. And as many actors will tell you, some emotions come easily to people. I would say for me, panic
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: comes pretty easily to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know
0: what that feels like. Yeah. I know what it feels like to panic. Right. And, and uh, I'm not very mature. And, uh, you know, John, John does not panic. John's a very good actor, but but certain emotions just come easier to other people. So, you know, the whole uh, creation of GLaDOS was very interesting. Right. Because when I first started recording I didn't even know it was a game.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I don't know what I thought, but I thought that I was a voice prompt, you know, a computer voice prompt, because so much of the copy that I recorded at first was, you know, to help people, you know, figure out where you are. You're at Aperture Science, you know, and that kind of thing. Right. So... I remember one time in the studio when I was given some copy that I didn't understand. And I said, you know, to Eric Woolpaw, the principal writer for, you know, the first portal, I said, Eric, I don't understand this. I said, what am I, what am I telling this person? And Eric said, you're lying, Ellen, you're lying. I said, what? <laughs> so, so I didn't understand, you know, but, but, but he explained to me at this point that I was, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, what's the term called in a book, an unreliable narrator. I was an unreliable narrator. And this is a term in writing, you know, that you couldn't trust me. Well, right. I didn't know this. And then as we went on, uh, you know, Eric said, well, you're, you know, you're going crazy. You're, Cause then I had that, you know, all that silly stuff about the cake recipe that has fish in it and, you know, yeah. all this wild stuff. And, and he said, you know, you're, you're losing it. And, uh, I know how to panic, and I know how to go ballistic, because right. that's happened in my own life. <laughs> so it was a pretty easy uh, place for me to go. Yeah, Good
1: was...
0: question, Sam.
1: Thank you, thank you.
2: Ellen, did you actually meet the face model of the main protagonist of Portal, Chell, is it? I remember seeing a picture of you and her laughing together.
0: But that was... That was the release party for Portal Two. So oh. I didn't meet her until the release party for Portal Two. And I don't recall seeing a picture. Oh,
1: I'm look of for it
0: until <laughs> you know around that time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a there's a there's actually a picture circulating of you, and um, I believe her name is. Um... I hope I'm pronouncing this right, I think it's Alicia Glide- Glidewell, Alicia Glidewell, and, uh, like, there's, like, a picture of, of you and her just laughing together, you know, just having a good well, that time.
0: Was, that was, at the Portal 2 release. Yeah, party. yeah. So that was in yeah. the VA offices, mm-hmm. uh, where they were at the time, they keep moving. They don't want people to know where they are, so they keep moving around <laughs> Bellevue. Yeah, they yeah. are in Bellevue, Washington, but I will tell you, they've been in like four different buildings over there. It's yeah,
1: yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> they move a lot. I know. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I, I, I only met her the once, and she mm-hmm. was so nice, and of course, so beautiful. She's a very beautiful woman.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: but that's, you know, that's the only time we met.
1: Mm-hmm really oh, interesting. Okay. She also does a lot of voice acting um, herself, so...
0: I See, I wasn't aware of that. It yeah, uh, doesn't yeah. surprise me, you know, she's an actor, so...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's very actors, talented, actors very talented.
0: Actors need to be versatile.
1: Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. they 70, need to in yes. order to get work, yeah. Very true. For Portal, um, were there any other contestants that you know of for GLaDOS that were possibly considered? Um... Or any, for any other characters even? Uh, I,
0: I know that other people auditioned because, you know, I didn't audition. And the criteria for the audition is they sent a sound file of a computerized voice. And, and the reason they needed an actor is the computerized voice was copyrighted. Mm-hmm. So Valve would have had to pay, you know, uh, licensing fees to use that. They didn't want to do that. Hiring an actor was cheaper because I only got paid for studio time. I only got paid for the time I was in the studio. So, uh, I'm sure other people auditioned. I don't know who. They didn't want a female. I know that. They wanted a female.
2: So, was there any change in delivery of the Overwatch voice that Val was looking for? comparing from Half-Life 2 to Half-Life Alex,
0: Well, they they played samples for me. And I could also, you know, all over the internet, you know, you can pull up Overwatch in Half-Life 2. And Mm Half-Life 2, my husband played a lot. You know, just played. And, of course, John is the voice of all the male citizens. In Half Life Two, and our friend Mary Kay Irvin is the voice of all the female citizens. Oh, so wow. you know, these are they're actors in Half Life. They live in the Seattle area, so we know many of them. And uh, so I heard Overwatch a lot, but then even in the studio, they pe- they played raw samples for me of my recordings for Overwatch for Half Life Two. To remind me what I did because that was a long time ago. Yeah. But you know that's what they did. They they reminded me, and so mm-hmm. then I recorded for Half Life, Alex.
1: Cool, cool. So it was around kind of like the same. There wasn't really any change in delivery. It was just kind of uh, kind of the same kind of delivery that you were going for. Right. Yeah. Right. It was very good. It was very good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Oh, yes. we we all loved it. Um, so for the second question for Half Life here. Um. How has the flow of production changed since Half Life Two? Um, when you did Half Life Alex, was there anything different or uh, or notable the way uh, Valve um, does things now, especially um, for you know directing voice actors? Do you did you find anything different?
0: Well, yes. Uh, for Half Life Two, for Portal, for Left for Dead, um, for Team Fortress Two all of the recordings happened at a studio in Seattle called Pure Audio Uh, and and for Dota too you know we did we did the initial uh heroes uh, recordings you know character recordings at Pure Mm -hmm. Audio Mm -hmm. but in the last five years maybe Uh, All of the recording, Valve built their own in-house studio, state-of-the-art studio. And uh, Mark is their chief engineer. Marcus is their chief engineer. And so now we go to Valve's own studios in Bellevue to record. You know, for additional recordings for Team Fortress 2, the Half Life Alex recordings were there. Um, you know, John is the voice of the Dota 2 International for the last few years. Um, but, but since the pandemic, John has been recording here at home for Valve. Hmm. So, uh, because uh, of our governor Jay Inslee and his wisdom, and I agree with him, you know, he, he has uh, made quite strict uh, health, you know, decisions uh, to keep us safe in Washington state. And, you know, I just read in the newspaper You know, yesterday or day before yesterday, that of the thirty largest cities in the country in the USA, Seattle has the lowest infection rate. So I'm I'm very proud of Governor Jay Inslee for keeping us healthy Mm -hmm. and and making uh, decisions to to keep. His citizens of the state of Washington healthy
2: mm-hmm.
0: so yes, you know, and John and I um, have lost one friend uh, to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, very yes. unfortunate, but uh, you know we 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 must make sacrifices now to survive. Everyone does in the world. Everyone does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think you are talking about Rick May.
0: Yes, I am talking about Rick May. Yeah. Because of course, Rick May was the soldier in Team Fortress 2. That's right. And Rick May. So my husband's also involved uh, with a series called, you know, The Further Adventures of Sherlock Holmes and the Mm -hmm. classic adventures and uh, Jim French's Imagination Theater recorded all these stories. Oh, my gosh, it's hundreds of stories. And Rick May played uh, Inspector Lestrade from Scotland Yard. And a wonderful man. And of course, Rick taught. Rick taught uh, voiceover for many, many years, and a dear friend. So, we we must take this pandemic seriously. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Agree.
2: I agree, yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree.
1: Definitely. All yeah, right. That's, that's um, um, thank you for that. We really appreciate that. But um, yeah, rest in peace, Rick May. We all love him.
2: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, was there any reference material for the Overwatch voice?
0: Well, as I recall, initially when I did the Overwatch voice for Half Life Two, uh, they didn't want me to sound American. Um, and and I remember, you know, uh, Scotland. United Kingdom, so my accent for Overwatch is, we could say, as an American actor would say, we would say Mm mid-Atlantic, so not American, you know, not British, you know, somewhere, somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic
1: Ocean. Yeah, it's such a (laughs) unique blend of dialect and accents you know it's it's very i i, I think it's very beautiful like I, I really love that blending of 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 uh you know just american and, and uk because you're exactly right that's what it is it's a sentence it's just essentially just those mix of them so um labeling you know the overwatch voices mid-atlantic seems about right and that's that's really cool it's really awesome yeah, yeah. i think uh, um, i think i think at some point there could be a dialect called Mid-Atlantic that people could possibly adopt within the next few hundred years, perhaps?
0: Well, but, uh, uh, I, I think there may already be one. Uh, you know, in the early years of the film industry here in the United States, and California, they had voice coaches because, of course, the film industry had been silent and not all the silent actors were able to make the transition into the talkies so they hired voice coaches and the voice coaches uh were trained in uh you know rp received pronunciation and so that's what they were teaching uh these you know uh film these film actors in the early years so if you listen to old films a lot of people have this sort of mid-Atlantic accent which, you know, borrows from the American uh dialect, borrows from the British dialect, but it's kind of, you In know. In
1: between, it's a mix. That's really cool. Do you
2: actually know Harrius Robbins? the voice of Dr. Kleiner from Half-Life 2?
0: Is this a character?
1: Um. Oh he yes. said it, yeah. He played Doctor Kleiner.
0: Um, no, so so. Uh, say the name again.
2: Harry S. Robbins.
0: No, I do not know him. People mm-hmm. who were in Half Life Two that I know are, of course, my husband John, uh, Mary Kay Irvin, uh, um, Jim French, who is deceased. Mm-hmm. Jim French played the the um, the the, bishop, or or
1: or the bishop. Yeah, his name is Father. Bruce yeah. Bruce.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes.
1: That's who you're referring to.
0: And, and you know, you'd have to name some other actors because I just can't remember who else is in it at this um, point.
2: Um, Robert, do you know Robert Culp by any means?
0: Oh no, but Robert Culp, you know, is is a very famous actor. Quite yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but but uh, you know, considerably older than John and and me. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure, I'm sure he was down in the L.A. area, you know, his reporting from down there. So, oh. just,
1: just one question for for Team Fortress Two here. Um, what was the inspiration for the administrator voice? Did you have any um, inspirations for it that helped you bring that delivery? <laughs>
0: Well, I remember being told that they wanted me to be angry. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they wanted me to be angry, and they, and they wanted me to, you know, sort of like GLaDOS. Uh, they wanted, all the, and I did the Team Fortress recordings first. Mm. You know, Team Fortress 2 was the first time I had worked for Valve. Wow. Um, they, they wanted me to, you know, uh, uh, spur the player on by telling them how horrible they were. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you failed. Over <laughs> time.
2: Over time. Over time. Very nice. And, um, uh,
0: and, and I, I I can't remember who decided that she should be British. So it was decided that the administrator should be British.
2: Right. right
0: and I can't right. remember if I came up with that or if they did. But it wasn't until uh, later years, because of course, you know, I've, I've made recordings for Team Fortress 2, you know, through the years, updating mm-hmm. the game and adding yeah. whatever you add. But uh, you know, it was a fan of the game who came up with the artwork uh, of the character, yeah. and of course, I like to call the character the skinny old bitch. <laughs> the skinny old bitch,
1: cigarette in hand.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes, chain chain smoker. Yeah. With, you know, <laughs> Silver Street. Oh uh, yeah, and um, oh, I have, I have. The cutest little tiny administrator that that uh, someone made for me years ago. She's That's cute. She's about that big, and she's got a streak in her hair. Yeah. and you know, she's
1: iconic. She's that iconic. Like, oh we, we love her. Yeah, in the, in the Team Fortress Two community.
0: Well, it's yeah. you know, once the artwork was created, Valve bought the artwork from the artist. Can't remember the artist's name, but Valve owns that now. And, uh, you know, once they showed it to me, it was like, oh, yes. And that fed my character, you know, after the fact for the subsequent recordings that I made. Yeah,
1: that fans' artwork helped with it. Helped with it. Yeah.
0: Yes.
2: Do you remember when you did the last recording session for the administrator?
0: Um, Uh, Well, (laughs) I didn't. Nothing. I don't remember. Uh, I don't. Uh, certainly not this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, we're, not. we're actually not, not expecting much. <laughs> we're, we're not expecting much out of, of out of uh, out of any new administrator lines, perhaps. But um, I think we could go into the miscellaneous here. Um, out of all of your work, which one was the most fun to be a part of?
0: Uh, well, they're all fun. They're all fun. they all is there any fun. like?
1: Is there any like particular one that you loved?
0: Well, the like thing the is, I've had the most longevity with uh, Glados, and then the nice thing is that Guillermo del Toro uh, and his children are Portal fans. So when Guillermo del Toro was putting together Pacific Rim,
2: right?
0: He called up Gabe Newell and said, "Oh, can we use the Glados?" Yeah. <laughs> the movie pacific rim and val and you know gabe said well that's ellen mclean you have to hire ellen Mm mclean so uh and you know in my opinion guillermo del toro is a genius so uh when that was presented to me it was like hell yes yes.
1: you know when i was in the movie theater (laughs) i was watching uh you know the trailers they play before the movie um, I remember I was like a kid, I was like in middle school at some point, and I remember my brother and I seeing the Pacific Rim trailer, we didn't know what it was, and it played and we heard your voice, and we freaked out. We <laughs> freaked out, my brother and I freaked out hearing that, when we so we, we didn't know what we were we were we just went insane when we heard that. Well,
0: I, you know, I, I think that was the intention, but yeah. in the in the movie, um, you know, Valve did tell uh, Del Toro that he could have the exact uh uh uh, uh oh, what is it? What's E equals M C squared? That's a uh, what is that called? Oh, you guys, I'm so old.
1: Uh, uh, uh I'm trying to
0: think. No, it's a math term. What is E equals M C squared? It's a, oh, it's a math term.
1: I'm not good at math. I don't think. I, do um, <laughs> e well, I did
0: horribly in math, but anyway, yeah. they they told Del Toro the exact way to process my voice.
1: Right, right.
0: To have it end up as you know, sounding like GLaDOS. Because, of mm-hmm. course, when I'm in the studio and you're recording me, it's just my voice. It hasn't been processed yet. Right. But Del Toro, for the film, actually decided to process my voice differently. So, in my opinion, uh, the voice in the movie doesn't, ex- sound, doesn't sound exactly like GLaDOS. It, it actually sounds a little bit more human.
2: Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Glados does, and you know that was an artistic decision Mm -hmm. that uh, he made. Still sounded very good. By me, but the sound, Mm -hmm. but what I recorded in the studio for Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Two was just my Glados read. I totally just did Glados, and (laughs) how they chose to process it was their decision.
1: You did very well. You did very well. You, uh, we, again, we, we, we couldn't sleep that night after that because we were so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, Perhaps, I guess, you know, considering time, we could probably ask one more question here. Okay. Um, How
2: many takes you may need actually for a recording line to be like um, 100% like good so you can move up to the next line?
0: That's a very good question. So usually what they do, you know, in the early years, I would always have a piece of paper, you know, a copy piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Now it's always, you know, on a screen, on a readout screen. And the typical process is, you know, they'll have like 10 lines up and I will do three passes you know, and, and, and this will be a cold reading, as they say in English, I will not have seen any of these lines before. Mm-hmm. So I'll read it the first time, so I can figure out what it is. I read it the second time with a little bit more meaning, and then I'll read it a third time. And I'll go down the whole page like that, say through 10 lines, with three reads each on each line. Then what the client does, the listener in the studio, uh, they'll decide if I need to do any of the lines again. And sometimes I don't, uh, but sometimes they'll say, Ellen, go back to line four and, you know, give us more of this intent or this idea or stress this word. So then I'll go back and, you know, maybe give them three more reads on that particular line. Because uh, in this process, uh, we've found that that's that's a way to produce things quickly. It's like, I just read, Uh, you know, three, 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 three. And then, uh, you know, perhaps when we finish the session, say it's an hour session, or a four-hour session, sometimes I'll go back to the beginning again, and do some of those initial lines again, because you sort of fall into the character. It's kind of like, oh, I'm really feeling who this character is now. Let's do some of those initial lines again, because I really feel like I know who I am. Or they, they, the client feels like, you know, I've sort of dug in.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I really would like to appreciate that you have joined us today. It's been a big pleasure that I think I can talk to um, in the name of Sam, too.
0: Well, it's, it's been a, it's my pleasure. Yeah, And Ronald and Sam, I wish you good fortune. And here's my motto. Say yes to life. And if something occurs to you, do it. Do it. And, you know, don't think you can't because you can do anything. And just try it. And, uh, you know, St. Francis said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing St. Francis of Assisi, if you do the possible, the impossible becomes doable. So start with doing the possible and see where it leads. Be- because i never i never thought that in my 60s i would be asked to do an interview with two nice young men one in slovakia one in savannah and so i'm amazed to be here <laughs> Well,
1: will <thank> take you that but <laughs> well, it's going to be a big pleasure you a lot so um, thank you very much for uh, well, taking the time with us Thank you, everyone, for watching the Vogue Podcast. Thank you to Alan for being a part of the Vogue Podcast. This will actually be the first episode to kick off the Vogue Podcast series here. Um, this is just intended to be a generalized uh, topic channel podcast thing where we just talk about whatever it is we want to talk about in the moment. But, um, yeah, thank you again to Alan for joining us. Alan McLean, voiceover legend. And uh, we'll see you in the next
0: one. The next completed. Now, you may subscribe and like the video, you poor fool, overtime!